Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning to you all. It's just been a small moment while I arrange all my bits and pieces up here. Please keep that passage of scripture open. Um, we're going to have a look through it. And in fact, we're going to have a look through quite a lot of the Bible in the next 15, 20 minutes. Um, it is genuinely very good to be back with you all. Um, I'm sorry I've been a bit absent and distant recently. Some of you may think nothing out of the ordinary there. Um, but I, I've actually not been very well. Uh, I've had, as many of you have had, I've had this sort of viral bug for the last five weeks. And uh, I mean, that was one thing, but I, I think just compounded with a few things going on here at Greyfriars and New Hope, um, I'm just being very honest with you, I got to a place where I, th- I just felt quite empty uh, and without much energy. And as we've just read in, in this passage, you know, slightly troubled. And I think it's important I'd be vulnerable with you and honest with you. And if you're here this morning and you are just finding, maybe as John spoke, you just feel that fog which actually John was quite a helpful description of how I felt. I am better now, but I felt in a fog. And if that's you and you've been in that place, then I really pray for you that God would draw near to you this morning, that you would know the presence of God with you, that you would know his peace and his mercy, his grace and his rest. And I had to do as Jesus did and get away and get up a mountain, not literally, but um, just take some time to be with God because that's the best place to be isn't it so I want to pray for you this morning that God would meet with you refresh you and restore you as we together sit here in his presence so let's pray Thank you, Father, that you love each one of us. Your desire is to walk with us every step of our lives, for us to trust you and depend upon you. Thank you that you are present with us now, Lord Jesus, by your Holy Spirit. And I pray you would come and refresh and restore each one of us, as you did faithfully for me. Come, Lord Jesus, Spirit of God, and be with us as we look to you. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. The story of the Bible, it seems to me, is about a relationship between God, our creator, and us, his people. It's a story about God with us and us with God. And that little word with has great significance throughout the whole of scripture, but also in our lives day to day. Think for a moment about uh, if you've had children or you've got grandchildren, you'll know that when they get upset, one of the most powerful things we can do is be with them, 
often our children or grandchildren want us to hear, I am with you. Our very presence reassures and gives comfort to them. And it happens as we get older as well as adults. If you've been through a difficult time, you'll know that actually what makes a real difference is having a a loving, caring friend or a member of family be with you. Just sit with you, sometimes in silence, and their very presence with you enables you to get through whatever it is that you're facing. Throughout the Bible, what we see is God's desire to want to be with his people and for his people to be with him. And what you know well is at the beginning of Scripture, and we looked at this at the beginning of this series on the generosity of God, is that we see that God makes humanity, men and women, in his image. And we are created to be in an intimate, trusting, dependent relationship with our Father in heaven. But we read in Genesis 3 that sin entered the world And that because of temptation and then disobedience to God, that relationship was broken and severed between God and his people. And so much of the Old Testament, as you read through it, is the story of humanity trying to enter back into relationship with God, to be in the presence of God, to be with God. And so... If you think back to the tabernacle, the tabernacle means the dwelling place. It's all about trying to enter into that relationship, to be with God. The temple, the first temple built by Solomon, was built under God's guidance to be a place where people could go and be with God. To encounter Yahweh. These were sacred places, the tabernacle and the temple. But we enter into the New Testament and we, of course, are introduced to Jesus of Nazareth. And one of the first titles that we read about in Matthew's Gospel is Emmanuel, God with us. God himself coming down to earth to walk and to minister and to perform miracles amongst his people. And for those who encountered Jesus, as you know, it was totally life-transforming, whether it was lepers, Roman guards, adulterers, wealthy businessmen, the presence of God was a life-transforming, life-giving experience. And in John's Gospel, if you uh, just, I mean, even in your Bibles now, flick back to the beginning of John's Gospel and... um, we can just look briefly through what we're, we're seeing here. We, we see in chapter 2, Jesus is changing water to wine. Uh, chapter 4, Jesus meets with a Samaritan woman and he saves her. He tur- she turns to him and declares him as Lord. Jesus um, heals the man at the pool in Bethesda. Um, We read that in chapter 5. He feeds the 5,000. Chapter 6, 
He walks on water, chapter 6. He raises Lazarus from the dead. And through all of these miracles, Jesus is revealing to everyone around him who he is. He is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. He is the promised Messiah. And every single person who meets Jesus, who really sees him, knows that they are in the very presence of God Almighty. They are face to face with the Messiah. They are with God. And so finally, after centuries of waiting, from that first moment when there was a break in the relationship between God and humanity, all these people that we read about encountering Jesus in John's Gospel are suddenly with God. They are face to face with God incarnate in human form. And we see as Jesus is revealing who he is to all those around him, he's also predicting his mission. He's telling them what is coming. So look at chapter 12. He talks about his death that he is about to face on the cross. Verse 13, we read about the fact he's about to be betrayed. And at the end of chapter 13, verse 37, if you can find it, chapter 13, verse 37, Jesus says, is that right? Hang on, bear with me. I don't think I've got the right quote here. Um, the right verse, that is not quite right. But Jesus says these words, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Which verse is that? 36. Wow, sorry, I was one verse off. I apologise. Couldn't see for looking. Verse 36. Now, as Jesus says this, you can imagine that the disciples are troubled They've been face to face with God in Jesus. And Jesus is saying, guess what? I'm going to leave you. I am off. Everything that they had been waiting for, everything they've been praying for, everything they've been hoping for was about to change. And they cannot believe that God's divine presence in Christ is about to leave them. And then... We come to those words that Sue just read. Jesus' words, chapter 14, the great promise of Jesus, that we, his people, will never, never be alone. Jesus didn't just come to save us. He came to be with us until the end of the age. That's what he says at the end of Matthew's Gospel. How is he with us? We'll have a look at verse 16 of uh, chapter 14. And in this verse, we read different translations. So here in this Bible that I've got in front of me now, which you can find in, in church here, it says... I will ask the Father and he will give you another counsellor. Some translations use the word advocate. The spirit of truth. It means the Holy Spirit. 
the presence of God in you and me and in all believers. God dwelt in the tabernacle, he dwelt in the temple, he dwelt in Jesus, and God now dwells in you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you are temples of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus' words are so clear here as he speaks. He's talking about this intertwining between God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So have a look at verse 17. Jesus says, he, the Holy Spirit, lives with you and will be in you. Verse 20, Jesus says, I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. How's he in you? Through the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, my Father will love them, those who obey him, and we will come to them. God the Father and Jesus will come to you and make their home in you by his Holy Spirit. And so from the time of the fall, as we read it in Genesis chapter 3, God's people had longed for this restored and intimate relationship with their Father in heaven, for that reassurance of God's guidance and his comfort and his peace and his strength. And here in John chapter 14, Jesus promises this great gift, the Holy Spirit, the very presence of Jesus and God in you and with you now in your lives. And very briefly, Jesus gives us a couple of reasons why this gift is being given to you, to all believers. Now, clearly, there's more reasons that you can read about in the Gospels and the Epistles. But here, there's two reasons. And the first is that the Holy Spirit guides you in your life. He's an advocate. We read that verse in, certainly some translations, in verse 16 and 26. Now, in a legal sense, an advocate is someone who stands up for you, someone who speaks on behalf of you. Other translations, we read the word counsellor. That's what's in the Bibles here in church. Other translations would say that the Holy Spirit is your helper. And I hope that through these titles you begin to get a sense of who the third person of the Trinity is, the Spirit of Jesus in you and with you. And the role of the Holy Spirit, as we read it here in verse 26, is to help us in our understanding as we walk with Jesus in our lives, to counsel us, to help us take the words of God and to apply them in our lives. To help us keep his commands. That's the opening line. Have a look at verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And so the Holy Spirit comes and helps us walk in the footsteps of Jesus and obey all that he's saying. Because I don't know about you, but I cannot do it on my own. I cannot. I'm unable. But with the Holy Spirit, I can be guided and led. He helps me in my understanding and wisdom in my daily life with the decisions that I make and the, the words that I use. 
That's why he's called the spirit of truth, leading us into all truth. And so if you're facing a challenging situation in your life, if you need guidance, if you need God's guidance, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Spirit of God which is in you to lead you through the challenges that you're facing. If you're struggling to understand God's Word and you're reading Scripture, but it, some of it doesn't make sense, you need the Holy Spirit to help you and guide you and reveal the truth to you. If you are a living, breathing human being and a follower of Jesus, you and I need the Holy Spirit. To know that God is with us. He is with you. And he wants you to live that fullness of life in spite of the challenges and the difficulties that we will face. So the Spirit guides us, but the Spirit also gives us peace. I think this is one of the greatest areas of battle in the Christian life. You know, what happened to David Walker in the last few weeks is that I lost my sense of God's peace. You know, there's always challenges in life, aren't there? There's always challenges, certainly leading a church, I can tell you that much. That hasn't changed and it never will. But what changed in the last few weeks was this. Because actually what happened, for various reasons, is I slightly wandered away from the Lord. And I found myself over here. And I couldn't see properly. And I couldn't hear God properly. And actually one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to take us right back here and to lead us to this place where we suddenly see the cross again and we see what Jesus has done for us and we see his suffering. But crucially, this cross is just a cross. Jesus is not on it because he is resurrected, he is alive, and he is seated now at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and for me in our lives. And as the disciples are facing their own troubles, as we read in John 14, Jesus speaks these words over them, but over you too. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I was troubled. Some of you are troubled. I think I said in a different context with a different verse recently, Jesus isn't saying these words like a school teacher wagging his finger telling us off. He's saying them as a loving father because he knows that we feel troubled at times. He knows that we feel afraid at times. And Jesus is giving us the gift of his Holy Spirit, the very presence of Jesus to be with us so that as we go through trouble, as we feel fear, 
that we would know that peace, that shalom, the peace of God, which is a gift given to us that goes beyond all understanding, all rationality, all reason, so that the world might look at you and me and say, what is it about that person that in spite of everything they're going through, there's a peace about them. They carry a peace. Where does that peace come from? And we're able to testify and say, it's from God. It's the peace that our Lord Jesus promises us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. This is our ministry, peacemakers, to receive the peace of God through the Spirit and take it out to the world. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit here in this passage means that in the same way that God's presence was made visible and known to the world through Jesus, so too God's presence is to be made known to the world through the Holy Spirit in you and me and all God's people. And so I'm going to encourage us to sit for a moment. And whether you're troubled or afraid, whether you sense a fog in your life, maybe you feel distant from God, or maybe you're here this morning and you are just full of the joy of the Lord, that is a gift from God too. But I just want to give some space in silence for you to say, come Holy Spirit. For you to bring to God those things that you're carrying in your life. And to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you back to Jesus. That you would know the peace of God, you would know God's guidance. And you would know the intimacy that our Father in heaven longs to have with you. Because you are not an orphan. You are a beloved daughter and son of the living God. And he longs for everything in your life. So Lord, we sit before you now with gratitude, knowing that we have wandered from you in different ways. And we pray, Lord, in this moment of silence, Spirit of God, draw near. The peace of God. Rest in this place. The peace of God, fill us afresh. And I just encourage you to close your eyes because otherwise we get easily distracted and take some time to commune with your Lord, hear from him and receive from him.
Thank you, Lord, for your promise that as we seek you, you are faithful and we find you. As we knock, you hear us and open the door. And as we ask, Lord, you are listening. And so, Lord, I pray that as we turn now to lift our voices to praise you, lead us deeper into the presence of God, that our hunger will be stirred, Lord, for more of you, because you are great. You are a great God. And our hearts are filled with thanksgiving for who you are and all that you have done for us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.